Welcome everyone to Politics Express, the Post Writers Politics Podcast. I am your host, the Post Writers Politics Editor, Lars Emerson, and this is the Build Back Biden episode. <laughs> How can President Biden resuscitate his presidency? A bit of an exaggeration. It's not like he's, like, dying. Uh, does the Supreme well, Court... depends who you ask. Yes, it depends who you ask. Uh, does the Supreme Court pick matter? What about Build Back Better? We will discuss all of the above. Uh, and then we will end, of course, with our In Our Lifetime segment. So let's dive in. With me today to discuss is the Post Writer's Editor-in-Chief, Mike Levito, a uh, recurring friend of the show, because he does, you know, approve the episodes. Yes. Um, It's like, um, uh, I'm like the Jeopardy guy, well, minus the sexual harassment part, Mm -hmm. I guess, the Jeopardy guy who made himself host. Yes, what an excellent um, self-made comparison you was, just did, Mike. I was going to say Andy Cohen at first because he was the head of Bravo and gave himself a show. But then I was like, you know what, no, I'll go to the guy who like was famously evil instead. Right. I, I don't know why I, I, I made that pivot, but uh, yeah. It, it's okay, Mike is not evil and he's here with us to discuss. So... Let's start with this, Mike. So, you know, months ago, we kind of talked about the start of Biden's declining poll numbers and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. He's low. The latest 538 average now has him at around 42% approval, 53% disapproval. Um, you know, now that we're months past when he started to go downhill, why is he low? What happened? Well, to borrow a phrase from Jimmy Carter, I think it is the general sense of malaise that has set in over the country, right? <coughs> Excuse me. I think that I mean, we can get more granular, I guess, later on, but you know, people are just generally unhappy, which I think is a you know it's a combination of things, right? It is um, inflation is an issue. You know, I, I think that um, Biden's uh, outbursts, if you will, at 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 uh, the was it Peter Ducey um, of Fox News uh, on a hot mic? Uh, I think was you know pretty much encapsulated uh, how much of an issue inflation had been for Biden, um, and I think it's still the ever lingering COVID nineteen pandemic. I mean, you know, I, I think there's this general sense that nobody knows uh what's going on you know we've a lot of people decide they're done with it when in fact people are more people are dying every day and uh the um fabled return to normal seems ever elusive Uh, yeah i think that that probably pretty accurately sums it up I, i think a lot of emphasis went into um oh this is clearly because of afghanistan because that's when it started and i think that that has I mean, does anyone talk about it still? I don't think so. No, I, but I think that I think what Afghanistan did is it gave people who were on the fence about Biden license to not like him anymore, right? Ooh. Like, if you were a Republican who voted for Biden or an independent who voted for Biden or someone who, you know, Biden wasn't your first choice in the primary or something like that, or, you know, you were even just somebody who was like, I'm a Democrat, but I don't really like, you know, I, th- I think parts of the party going to left or something. I think the Afghanistan thing gave you a reason to be upset, right? It's like, 
um, you know, it was tough to be, unless you were like, I would say very, very, very conservative. It was tough to quibble with a lot of things Biden did in this, you know, before Afghanistan, I would say, right. It's like, you know, I don't think there were a lot of things that were going to make people who had voted for him all of a sudden go into the negative camp. Right. Sure. You know, and, and I think what Afghanistan did, it, it gave everybody a thing to say, here, here's something he screwed up. Um, and we had thought the pandemic was over. And I, I, th- I think, like I said, it, it gave people license and a reason to not like him anymore. Yeah, I, I, that, that is a good point. I haven't actually heard that said, I think, as eloquently as you just did. Is Yeah, to start with, his, his, pre- his presidency kind of came about to begin with because you had a coalition of of the unwilling to be behind trump right and Mm -hmm. that included a lot of people who like biden was not their first choice in the primary uh on the democratic side and it included a lot of like former republicans and independents who probably would have preferred to have voted for like you know maybe a mitt romney type rather than a trump type and turns out joe biden is like closer to a mitt romney than (laughs) than to a trump and you know whatever um and I think I think you're right. Afghanistan probably like let all those people go. Um, you know, you mentioned inflation, which I think is fair. I am I remain of the opinion that inflation is like fine. Uh, we have not had inflation for like we've been like trying to get inflation for like 30 years in America. <laughs> And now we've like got it. We're like, oh no, we we've got it now. And it's like, okay, calm down. It's not like you know, this isn't the seventies. It's like, you know, five percent, six percent in this quarter, that quarter. You know, over a year, maybe it'll be a little less after like you know twenty successive years of like one to two percent inflation. Let's let's chill out. yeah, I, and I, yeah, COVID, I, th- I think you're right on it. I think, you know, Biden probably over-promised and under-delivered on that one because yeah. he declared we were independent from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, do you think his, like, policy agenda kind of collapsing in the last quarter of 2021 mattered? I think it mattered to Democrats. I think, um, you know, I think if you're... Republican, you probably don't want Build Back Better Pass in the first place. Um, but I think if you're a Democrat, you're probably frustrated with the way that Build Back Better has kind of stumbled out of the block and then also just kind of like tripped and broke its leg, right? Um, that was a conflict metaphor. But like, you know, I think that I think in general, really, people want Biden to be a bit, but Democrats rather want Biden to be a bit more, it's a lot of bees. Be a bit more of a activist president, right? They want him to take a more active role in finding a solution to Build Back Better. And granted, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but I think there's this sense that he's not doing everything he could to um, get this legislation passed. I think even and that includes just giving Joe Manchin and Penn say, write your own damn bill. Um, so, right. yeah, I, I think that there's... That, that's a thing I, I, that's what I think people what I think people kind of underestimate when it comes to opinion polls is that like, you know, I would wager, and we'll, we'll get to this later, but it's like, I would wager that a not insignificant amount of the population voted for Joe Biden 
is currently disappointed with his performance and will vote for him again if it's, a, if it's a choice between him and a Republican, right? Like, I, you know, it is possible to hope someone is in the White House at, you know, it is possible to think he is the lesser of two evils, but still think he is maybe not evil in, like, the satanic sense, but, you know, less than good. Right. It, it's funny, we... Um, after the, the Fox... Fox News is Peter Ducey, the how Biden like cursed him out in the hot mic moment. There was like this kind of, um, there was like this day of headlines. I think mostly just on Politico, which it was like this is like the Biden we need right now. Is like mm-hmm. Biden has very much struggled with like messaging and like finding, um, like a voice to talk to the American public with, and maybe you need him to like, like get up at the podium and be like. Look here, you are going to fucking die if you do not get the fucking vaccine. You, like, don't call Americans, like, idiots, but say, like, you will fucking die. Mm -hmm. You need to, like, get it together. Like, you need someone who's going to, (laughs) like, you know, we've had nice Biden. Maybe we need, like, the Biden that, like, gets up and is like, this is a big fucking deal, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's. I think people want Lyndon B. Johnson. Right. Yes. Who is... Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they, they tend to ignore that he had, like, a 60-seat majority in the Senate. But Well, uh, about, you know, a third of which were, like, super racist Democrats, but sure. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but, I mean, he, he, he tried a little bit. There was I, – I don't remember what it was, but there was – I think it was when – it was around the holiday season where the White House released a statement where it was, like – for those of you who are unvaccinated, this will be a very hard and difficult winter or something like that. Yeah. Like, they tried to do that. Um, you know, granted, a press release is probably not the optimal way to reach the American people. You probably got to right. go on TV or something. But, um, you yeah, know, I, I think there's point. And honestly, like, I when it comes to Joe Biden, it's like he's not, he's not a compelling orator, right? Like, he is just not somebody who you're going to, you know, Barack Obama was a great public speaker. Donald Trump was an interesting public speaker, right? Right. Whereas Joe Biden, you're not you're not, lying, you're not rushing to your television to set see, to see Biden's latest address. Well, I, I guess that's kind of where I'm going with those headlines, though. And I guess we can talk about this a bit more later on. It's like would not like you know that made news for like two days that hot mic moment. Would not if like he like leaned into that sort of stuff make more news like no. My guess is you go to, like, the average person on the street and they do not – they probably assume Biden is anti-cop, which, you know, he has, like, never actually really been. He's always been pretty – even during the campaign, he was like, we are not going to defund the police. Yeah. Um, they, like – your average American probably cannot vocalize, like, a Biden agenda as it actually is because the president is, like, you know, he's not very good at articulating that. So I, I do wonder if there is a uh, path for him – to use that voice more yeah there probably is uh they, they yes i think there's definitely a messaging issue there yeah anyway so we've acknowledged he's low in the polls there's all these reasons that he's low like we said probably around a 42 percent approval rating um as of the end of january is this fair is it a fair you know is it is it are these things out of his hands and that's the reason he's low has he like actually messed up has he done a lot of good things that no one's noticed has he done a lot of bad things should it be lower <laughs> i i 
I, I, you know, I, I, I do think it is pretty fair. I, I think it. I, I would not quibble if anybody who said that it should be below fifty percent. I think that he was much too slow when it came to making both masks and tests available to the wider public. Um, I actually don't think his strategy for COVID nineteen, you know, mandates aside, vaccine mandates aside, which have been struck down by the Supreme Court. I don't think that they've been particularly coherent or really um, effective, obviously. And, you know, I, I think that he also ran on a lot of stuff that he is kind of not really delivering on. You know, he said that he would create a study group to look at the issue of forgiving student loan debt. I actually think forgiving student loan debt would be a pretty bad political move, but I don't, you know, I don't think they've said a thing about it since his first hundred days. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that there's been kind of, like you said, there's been a lot of over-promising and under-delivering, under-delivering this far. And, you know, I think a lot of the, you know, macroeconomic trends, I would say the the majority of them are out of his hands. And even talking to people who don't like Joe Biden, like they, I, I think mo- a lot of them, not most of them perhaps, but a lot of them, you know, who I've spoken to have acknowledged that, you know, inflation is not a hundred percent his fault. It's maybe partly so. It's not a hundred percent. So yeah, I, I, you know, I, I would not. In, anyone who's disappointed or, or frustrated, I, you know, I, I, I would, I'd be hard pressed to, to tell them that they're wrong. Sure. I mean, I, I think I think that is fair. Um, I mean, it is kind of that that weird irony where you do have, you know, the economy growing. The fastest time in the last year, in 2021, faster than any time since, like, the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, I mean, economic factors are almost entirely out of the president's hand. I think, in general, the president can only affect economic policy, like, in the long term. And I'm talking, like, mm-hmm. 10 years um, and by their Federal Reserve picks. Mm-hmm. Or in spending, which he certainly is behind more spending um i i think one thing that so yeah yeah i I think around 50 percent seems right i think anytime he dips below um like trump's approval rating i question it (laughs) because (laughs) it's it's interesting (laughs) how you know trump's approval rating which was like very flat it did not actually move very much from around 42 percent but it's like, how can, I mean, God, you you remember living in Washington during the Trump presidency as well as I do, Mike. It's like the vitriol. Anytime that man would say something, anytime that man, and like some of these things were like, like, um, like what happened in Charlottesville is like objectively terrible. And Trump is like completely out of oh. his mind to do that. And his approval rating was still at about 42% at that point. Yeah. Um, are, I I just question like I, I think you're right. It's more of an apathy. Is I feel like Democrats are just like oh well, Joe Biden is you know. Uh, I think it's a softer number than it was for Trump. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. The yeah. uh, other thing, and this occurred to me this week, and we're now probably going to start talking about it, is um, some of the stuff he's done behind the scenes, uh, especially with the courts. So. Uh, Biden is the only president to have appointed uh, 
I mean, it's like 70% women to the judiciary and 75% of his nominees, um, sorry, 75% of his nominees have been women to the courts mm -hmm. and like 70% of them have been people of color. Mm -hmm. uh, no other president has ever topped 50% in either of those numbers. Um, Obama came closest, but I believe he was below 50%. Um, like that is like, a, like, why is Biden not out talking about that? That is like amazing. Well, it's it's because it's the the rebuttal to that is like, well, yeah, but what about what about the price of gas? What about <laughs> Which, um, Joe Biden pushes that button to raise the price? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I I think that's I think that's a tremendous thing. I think it's great he's doing that. I also think the average voter just does not care, yeah. and certainly not the swing voters you're trying to get in 2022 and 2024. Yeah. So. A fair approval rating, mostly things out of his hand, is, I yeah. guess, how we would characterize it. But we are now in February of 2022. There's a midterm election barreling down the pike that will be probably terrible for Democrats. You can check out our last episode if you want to know how that will probably go down. And yet they've had, like, a, a somewhat good redistricting cycle. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be... Check out our last episode. We, we, uh, we talked about the four ways... 2022 could go down um there's there we assign probabilities and everything check it out um how can we begin how can democrats who want to you know keep control of congress keep control of the white house how can they build back biden <laughs> mm -hmm. and i guess let's start with the supreme court nomination i put out an article this uh, past week on the post writer whose thesis is basically like this is the kick this could be like a turning point in his presidency it's time to like take control do you ag agree you edited it <laughs> yeah I I, 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 uh, I do agree I, I think it's he said he, he would have a name by the end of February I don't I don't think it should take him that long considering that um, he probably knew that Stephen Breyer was going to be retiring he did. I would have assumed prepared for this eventuality, even if he didn't think Stephen Breyer was trying. <laughs> he and did. also I said, I will make it a um, a black woman, which sort of narrows down your field you know, a little bit. <laughs> right. So I feel like there's kind of no reason he shouldn't have a name by like the end of the week, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think a drama-free Supreme Court confirmation I think would generate a lot of good PR. And I, as much as I poo-pooed the whole uh, seven percent female judges thing, like you know, I, I think also then having a a uh, an African American woman would you know like it would generate some good PR. I think it gets some good feelings going. Like I said, anything drama free. I think it's pretty doubtful he gets any Republican votes. Even Susan Collins has sounded pretty wishy-washy recently. Um, but as long as you don't have a Brett Kavanaugh-style, you know, fiasco, I think, I think, I think it can only help him. It's kind of interesting, right? Because I, I saw um, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, uh, who is a staunch Kavanaugh supporter, mm -hmm. um, said that, like, if Biden chose um, uh, Judge Michelle Childs, who's a federal judge out of South Carolina or a district judge um, out of South Carolina. Like, is, is it Michelle Childs or Michelle Fields? It's Childs. Um, okay. That 
he would like that would be like a great choice um and it, lindsey graham is interesting because he's very much of a like defer to the president on judicial nominees mm-hmm. um which is something he said a lot under the trump administration and now it appears he's like backing that up yeah um it's it is uh yeah, and he's also voted, I think, uh, in support of, like, 80% of Biden's judicial nominees. He is one of only, like, three Republicans who have supported a majority of them, which is interesting. I mean, could not Republicans... The Republican messaging, you know, ecosystem is basically, like, implied, like, we're not going to, like, put up a fight. This is not, yeah. like, worth yeah. it. E- even Tom Cotton has said he would keep an open mind on a nominee, um... Even even there have I forget who it was I want to say it was Ron Johnson I could be wrong though I was like yeah I don't think he'll get a vote but it wasn't a thing where it's like we're gonna make sure this never happens right, right. it was just like yeah we're probably just not gonna vote for him because it's what we do and uh, yeah I, I you know knock on my fake wood desk I it, it, it this this doesn't seem like it's going to be a very controversial thing like. There are some people throwing a bit of a stink about the fact that he did specifically, you know, he did specify the race and the gender of the person he's going to select. Well, Ronald Reagan said he was going, he ran, Ronald Reagan ran on picking a woman yeah. uh, to dominate the court. George H.W. Bush said that he would only pick uh, a black judge to replace Thurgood Marshall. You know, I. <laughs> Good job, H.W. It's not like, I think as long as. I think it was uh, the Baltimore Sun published an editorial that said Biden should nominate Sherilyn Eiffel, who is the um, head of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. He should not do that. I think that would actually go very poorly for him. But there are a host of black female judges who are extremely qualified to be on the court, and I think as long as he picks one of them, he'll be a okay. Yeah. And they don't have, you know, some secret communist past. I think it'll be all right. Right. I mean, even <laughs> even Senators Manchin and Cinema, who are like the pains in Biden's side, have like voted with him on all of his judicial nominees. So yeah. maybe you have an opportunity there. How else in February 2022 do you build back Biden? So we, we were talking about build back better earlier. Did you know that's a Japanese phrase that he just I like took took that from um, Abe Shinzo? Uh, I, had, I had no idea. Yeah, I, I learned that today while reading The Economist. <laughs> huh. um, that is fascinating. Yeah, because uh, I, I did see people complain that the name didn't make sense. Like, do you see that now? <laughs> this is a complete tangent, but Bill, there are like subway ads for Real Time with Bill Maher, and it says Bill Back Better. And people were like, God damn it. There people were like, this ad title actually makes more sense than Build Back Better. Anyway. So, okay. So, I, I here are my, my two um, theories with this. Okay. Right? Okay. So, step one is you just throw a pen and a piece of paper at Joe Manchin and you say, write yourself a damn bill. Because Ro Khanna, who is a congressman from California and who was one of the chairs of Bernie Sanders' campaign, has basically said, Look, the House progressives will sign will sign off on basically anything that they're able to figure out in the Senate. Right. So, so I think they should do that. Um, I also think that there is actually it would actually might even be more effective in some regards to break up the bill into the most popular parts and pass bills about that. Like 
write a bill on child tax credits and dare Mr. Family Values Josh Hawley to not vote for it. Right? You'd also probably get a vote from Mitt Romney. Is yes. People said, like, Joe Manchin may not vote for this, but Mitt Romney is actually very pro-child tax credit. Yes. And Republicans love tax credits. Like, I yes. don't know. Do it. Say, say, say oh, you be like, you like Viktor Orban? Well, guess what Viktor Orban likes? <laughs> he likes child tax credits. <laughs> you know, call their bluff on that. Yeah. Um, and do that. And, like, as I was listening to um, the New Yorker's podcast a week or two ago, and they were talking about, you know, Biden's first year, and one of the reporters was like, yeah, I'm a political reporter. I could not even, like, enumerate everything that's in this bill. Like, I just don't know. And, like, why don't they break it up into smaller bits, the, you know, the most popular bits, and sign those? Like, I think that I, – I, I actually don't understand why they're not doing that. Because, I mean – I mean, like, I get if, why, but – Yeah, if you want sort of the inside – track it's it's because the only way congress is able to legislate anymore is through like too big to fail bills yeah um is they need to be so stuffed that you can pass one of them every couple years and that'll like take care of all federal policy making (laughs) yeah because that's the only chance you get it takes ridiculous amounts of time not so much in the house but in the senate to like queue up these bills for debate for you know various motions on the floor it is just like a ridiculous pain in the senate to pass bills to get things done um and it's kind of also a critique of the leadership system in in congress which has been very top down in the last 20 30 years um and this like this is actually uh a big criticism of Pelosi is she really consolidated a lot of powers. Like no bill ever goes to the floor without Pelosi's permission, which like <laughs> given her and Chuck Schumer's strategy, like she looks a lot better than Chuck right now. Mm-hmm. But um, historically speaking, you know, it would go through, you know, what John McCain, you know, would always call like the regular order. And it's like, we got to get back to the regular order. The committee has to write the bill. The committee passes the bill out. It goes th- the way you're taught in school. is not actually how it happens. People, mm-hmm. um, a lot of senators think that should be how it happens, um, so you could pass more bills and do more things. But that is that is why I agree with you on the messaging standpoint, though. Like, have an up or down vote on all of these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it also lets you, you know, it lets Biden and Democrats campaign on. We didn't just pass two bills; we passed three bills, four bills, yes. twenty bills mm-hmm. um, to help you. You know, you get more of like a New Deal vibe from that, as opposed to like we just passed one omnibus legislation. It'd be like if Obama was like, "We passed TARP," as opposed to being like, "We stimulated the economy," right? Like, right? It's not, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but you know, it's you know, meet 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 the uh, meet the voters where they are when it comes to actually articulating what it is you're doing. Yeah. Right, and it's not a good look if you're like, yeah, we signed, like, three bills. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. Sure, they may have been, like, the biggest bills of all time, but it just sounds worse on paper. Yeah. Um, I, I think, in general, though, I probably prescribe to the just give Joe Manchin the piece of paper. Yeah. I think that is the only way that gets done. Mm-hmm. Do you need Build Back Better to Build Back Biden? <laughs> I, so, here's a little bit of a hot take. I think, well, this may be not that hot. 
But it, it, I think it wins back more d- disappointing Democrats than it does sort of like on the fence independents. Because um, I feel like part of is what what was kind of like souring a lot of moods and stuff is the sense that um, you know the holdup of on on this bill and legislation in general isn't a fight between Democrat and Republican; it's a fight between Democrat and Democrat, right? Yeah. Um, now, obviously, that only that fight between Democrat and Democrat only matters when there's already a pre-existing unbridgeable gap between Democrat and Republican, which is currently where you're at. Um, but I think that... Um, I, I don't... Do I think it, like, shoots his polling up five points? No. Do I think it gives him a much better uh, list of things to rattle off in certain swing districts? Yeah, probably. It's almost one of those things that they have talked about. It's been talked about for like a year now. If they don't pass it, doesn't that look bad? <laughs> yes. No. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. They should definitely. They should not give up. They should definitely try to pass it. <laughs> um, okay. How how else do you build back Biden? We talked I, about like messaging. Maybe he should be, sure. you know, more himself when he speaks and not. Like, yeah, I, I I do think there. So and this is kind of like a. It's not super specific, but I, I to, to 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 dip into the 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 sports cliches. I feel like he's kind of playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Um, and hmm. I think he needs to be more comfortable. He just being the administration needs to be more comfortable, just being out there and more outspoken about what exactly they're doing, what they're going on, and um, and like you know. And this is all sort of like palace intrigue stuff and who knows, but like there have been a lot of articles where it's just like Biden has just not been working well with Jamie Harrison. He hasn't been working well with uh, Sean Patrick Maloney. You know, the support for campaigning has just not been there. I think part of that is just like a real reticence to like they just he doesn't want to screw up. Right. He doesn't want to kind of dip into like what will seem like divisive partisan rancor and make it look like he is doing more campaigning than uh administrating right and i think that is sometimes the criticism that was levied at obama a little bit and certainly think i think something a very foul criticism you could t- <laughs> levy at trump mm. um yeah I, I think he just he needs to be willing to take risks and go out of limb and trust that people elected him for a reason i think i think that's right I felt like a therapist there telling him yeah, I know. that, you know. <laughs> he, he needs your soothing voice to, like, like you. call him every night and, like, talk yeah. him to sleep when he goes to bed at, like, 7. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think my, the, my other uh, – the other thing you, – you and I are big fans of the not, – maybe not big fans, but big uh, proponents of, like, triangulation, Bill Clinton's mm-hmm. strategy. Um it feels like in many ways Biden has done kind of the complete opposite. He is the rare president, possibly the only president in our lifetime, uh, who has been elected as a moderate and then moved further away from the center. I, I like. I don't even think you could say that about Trump necessarily. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, the, the uh, to, to some degree, I guess you could. But, the, you know, the, the logical 
the logical thing to do when you're president is you are elected president. Your party will never challenge you again. You should just move as close to the middle as you can, mm-hmm. and then you win re-election. And this was kind of Trump's folly, and it's the only reason he's the only president in our lifetime who lost re-election, is he, like, did everything he could to continue alienating not only the middle, but also the other half of the country, and he lost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so easy when you're president. You get to move to the middle. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with Bernie saying, like, well, you're not left enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so well, so I was having this conversation. Um, so, okay, I have two thoughts about that. One is sure. I think an easy way to do that is to go back to the Build Back Better thing is, like, divide that bill up into d- digestible chunks, including chunks that Republicans will support. And say, guess what? I passed bipartisan legislation in a very polarized time, which you can already say about the infrastructure bill, right. right? You know, I think that's one way to do it. But I guess my other thing too. So I was talking about this with my dad, and he he was saying how he was watching Meet the Press, and how uh, our favorite James Carville was on Meet the Press, <laughs> and how James Carville was doing what James Carville does, and was like, you know, the Democrats are too focused on identity politics and blah 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 and i was like i i understand what he's saying and i think there's like truth to it but at the same time it's like if you look at biden's legislation it's not you know you can't say it isn't focused on the economy you can't say it is specifically focused on identity politics like how do you how do you change that perception like i i don't know that i have a good answer for that like people you know, the I think sister soldier moment has become like a big meme as far as like people are like, well, Biden has to, you know, take a stance against rioting, and looting. It's like, well, the time to do that was in 2020, and there hasn't been a whole lot of rioting and looted, looting. Okay, there has been a lot of looting um, recently, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not like, you know, I I just don't. I just don't know, you know, you want to say, I think that these people robbing, uh, you know, department stores in San Francisco are bad. It's like, I, it's like, I, I don't know, you know, how, how do you turn that into like actual action? Not just him being like, you know, what you shouldn't do rob things like it's, well, wasn't Carville's whole message. Like basically like Biden should come out and be like, we're not defunding the police. If you believe that, you can leave. I am the Democratic Party. We do not believe that. Yeah, I guess. But like, what what venue and what what moment do you do that? I don't know. I guess it's just like a. Um, He's got I, a like State I said, of I, the I, Union I, coming up. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's 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 actually not a bad idea. But it's like, do you then have to commit to passing legislation that gives law? You know, police departments money like I, I don't know no like I mean I, I think the better democratic talking point is the people who want to defund the police are the Republicans who are slashing budgets at the state and federal mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. you know yeah well, I think they, they are actually the ones <laughs> defunding you know yes. and, and the ones who think that the police officers of the capital were like actors and stuff and whatnot yeah. but yeah yeah um Yes, I, I think this kind of goes back to like is it's not ve- it's not really a fair criticism of Biden. It's more that his own, you know, no one believes. Sorry, no one who follows the Biden administration believes that he wants to like defund the cops or like does not like the cops. Mm-hmm. 
it's just a perception out there, probably not even of his own making. Yeah, um, it's, it's 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 also just, it's it's a local issue. <laughs> yeah, like, you know he can't do anything about the Manhattan DA or the San Francisco DA or the Philly DA. Right. right? It's you know you just you can't so could he get up and like condemn woke culture i (laughs) for the like 10 percent of americans who care i like what are you gonna again i that's that's i honestly (laughs) don't care what he thinks about wokeness he gets up and uncancels like (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know who's no longer canceled Weinstein, Epstein. I don't know. I don't know. Well, He's like Bill Cosby. That. Yeah, yeah. Like um, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, Chrissy Teigen was. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Um, I'd like to preemptively pardon all of them. <laughs> no, this is not a recommendation, President Biden. If you are listening, please do not do that. Yeah, but it's you know I think that's a. Uh, like I said, those are those are local issues. But um, I do think, actually, what I'll say there is I do think um, one a way he can sort of more subtly move in that direction with education mm. um, in the sense that, you know, this has been a big, this was a big thing in the New York mayoral election. And I think uh, it may have been a thing in Virginia too, but, like, yeah. it's just been a thing in a, a few different things is, like, the idea of... Um, uh, you know, taking away testing for advanced courses, or in some cases, get rid getting rid of advanced courses at all. Like I do think him, you know, it's probably better if a governor or a mayor does this. But somebody, and Biden could slip it into a state of the union, has to say, look, like you know, there people are skilled at different things, and some students are more advanced than others, right? And sort of the goal should not be to, um punish those high achieving students when they have done nothing wrong it should be to provide lower achieving students with the resources to make them high achieving students right i there there, there's a way to spin that and that is you know there's there's been this whole thing about like you know equality versus equity Mm. and i think that um that that's a good way to kind of like push push it push against that i think well, and, and make Democrats the party of education again, which I feel like yeah. they still very much are mm-hmm. in terms of like the institutions. Uh, they're just like not in terms of yeah. politics. They don't talk about it. And Republicans seem to only be talking about education in like kind of a dog whistly way. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, do you have any other like crazy thoughts on how to like build back Biden? Should he like declare war or something? <laughs> Wha- go full wag the dog. <laughs> but he he definitely should not go to war in Russia. <laughs> um, Are you including Ukraine as part of Russia he, there, Mike? <laughs> well, or Ukraine? He should not go to war in either of those countries. Um, definitely don't do that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, I don't know, go to the next Army-Navy game, maybe? He wasn't at the last one. <laughs> um, oh, actually, no, I do... This is actually, like, a very... I, I don't know why I didn't say this before. I, this is one of the things I was thinking about earlier, is that on the subject of the pandemic, like, I think there needs to be... He needs to lay out a pathway back towards normalcy, right? 
because I think the biggest problem has been that nobody knows when we're going to get out of this. And you could say, well, technically we're never going to get out of it because it's endemic now. And yes, that's true, obviously. But what I think there's an amazing disconnect between how officially we're behaving during COVID and how um, we're technically behaving during COVID right. in the sense that officially we're still in this, basically a state of like total war where, you know, there's mask mandates, a lot of places, vaccine mandates, and this idea that you have to be ever vigilant, ever cautious, which you should be careful. Um, but I think realistically, and I can only speak for myself and I, to some extent you, but, um, you know, even the most COVID cautious people I knew have been going on with their lives, right? Um, after they got vaccinated. Yeah. Um, I, I think and, in a different way, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously there have been changes, but you know, it is not March, 2020 anymore. Right. And I think that, uh, but what I think is really tripping people up is that, you know, you don't know when a Delta or an Omicron is going to pop up again. And you also just don't know what you can do to, um, improve things and you don't know when a light will appear at the end of the tunnel and so i think they need the Biden administration should be should articulate sort of benchmarks and milestones that we would reach that would sort of like remove this state of total war right because hmm. i what what i think what if, if this if this drags on for another two years you know donald trump or Ron DeSantis could just be like, if I am president, I am taking away every COVID-related mandate. We're going to act like it never existed anymore, right? And it'll yeah. be popular with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Grant, as I was saying, a lot of this is local and a lot of this is at the state level. So, you know, he can't, um, you know, make you not have to show vaccination at a restaurant in New York City. But there are, you know, things he can do. He, he can He can sort of direct the cdc and ways to just say look this is when we think we'll be at a level where we don't have to take these sort of more extreme measures um and all of that because i i think right now really i think the messaging around COVID is is completely out of the administration's hands right now in the sense that it is like doomer doc like there was this whole article in mail magazine today about like doomer doctors where like there are these doctors on Twitter where it's like, life will never be the same again. Get used to it. Blah, blah, blah. And then on the other on the other side, you have sort of like, uh, you know, Republican lawmakers who either think COVID is a hoax or who just want to pretend like nothing is happening. Um, and I think they, by the administration, needs to reclaim the narrative of COVID and reshape it and kind of, you know, create, like, you, like I said, a... a a benchmark out right hmm. we we knew we knew if we captured berlin and tokyo we'd be at the end of world war ii we don't know what's gonna what how we're gonna be at the end of you know covid yeah uh, that's that's a good idea something i mean i think it would just be helpful people yes. people don't see an end and they need to see how to get to it <laughs> to get to a goal you have to know like <laughs> what the goal is um so i i think that's smart um so before we kind of wrap up build back biden i i I guess if we're looking you know two two years ahead i guess closer to three years ahead 
Uh, Biden 2024, I kind of hate all of the articles and attention people give it, so now I'm giving it my own attention so I can say I hate it. Um, does he run, and why is the answer yes? Um, does he run? <clears throat> oh, why is Biden run again? Yes. Because there's no clear heir apparent, and because he already beat Trump once, so there's no reason to think he can't do it a second time. And because he keeps saying he will run again. <laughs> yes. That's- I hate these articles. Like, I get their headline boosting, and they're fun to think about, but, like, stop presenting them as news. Present them as, like, hey, here's a hypothetical. Um, what if Biden doesn't run? Wouldn't that be crazy? Yes, it would be very odd. Um, Biden 2024, he runs, he wins, question mark? Or does he lose? It is, so this is taking out any sort of chicanery, right? Um, Yeah, we are assuming the election is free and fair. Yes. Um, I love that that's a thing we have to say. I know. It is, and you know, who knows, maybe people will run this in two years and say I'll sound like a fool. It's difficult for me to see him losing to Trump uh, just based on the sort of like, you know, formerly quite red places, counties, states that he was able to flip. I just, I just don't, who, who, I obviously there are people who want to return to that, but like, how many of them in places that matter um, electorally? Uh, so there's that. If you if it if it's against the DeSantis or something, I think it's a little closer. But again, I think that I just I just really think it depends what kind of Republican Party you get in 2024. Yeah, I I think I think if they run, I, I think if they run the kind of like shambolic just real far-right stuff that they've been running the past two election cycles, or, you know, presidential electoral cycles, I just think it, it'll be hard for him to, to lose because who who's going to want that, you know? Right. I mean, it's a it, it has never won an election, uh, at least in votes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it It's just, yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, it is a similar pattern to what was witnessed under Obama. You have a first-year president. They take a do- like it. I think there is definitely a bottom line. I don't see Biden's approval number unless unless he like really dropped the ball on something. I do not see his numbers like going below forty percent. Probably. Yeah. Um. I just I just don't think it makes sense in our polarized country that we live in. Which I'm not saying he's good. Like it'd be. If he, like, really messed up, Democrats should turn on him. They should, like, not be a fan of the president. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's how it's going to go. And it is just... Uh, God, I feel like I have said this for years on various podcasts we've done. It is just so easy for a president to win re-election. That's why it happens, you know, 90... God, is it, like, 94% of the t- 90% of the time... It almost yeah. always happens. The only time it doesn't happen is if you like, run so far away from the middle of the country and there's a recession and like you're challenged in the primary or some combination of those things. And I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see the economy like, 
you know, the, the, the problem is the opposite. The economy is actually like too good and too hot. Um, that's why there's a bit of inflation. And I don't see that, you know, I don't see a giant recession in 2024. Um, I don't, I, I don't see like a primary challenge against Biden, mostly just because I think who would, who would that be? What would that, like Democrats aren't that yeah. dumb. Well, yes, and I, I, I also we can just call this podcast conversations I've had with my dad. But like, <laughs> like he asked me, he's like, "Do you think there will be a a, ch- a challenger, like a progressive challenger?" I'm like, "No." Like, yeah. Biden's done everything he could do to like satiate them within like you know the realm of like possibility, and also like who is that person? And like the thing is, it's just like the. I, I know the Democratic Party can seem very chaotic and like they're tripping over themselves all the time and they can't, you know, cinema and mansion are holding up this bill and stuff. But it's like when it comes to things like falling behind a candidate, they are actually pretty disciplined, right? Um, and I, I just I just have a really hard time. Like, I, I don't even know who like. Yeah, I, I just think, it, and it, like you know, okay, does maybe like Tulsi Gabbard run? Yeah, okay, great. She wins one delegate in Iowa and then is out of the conversation. Like, who cares? But yeah, I, I don't even know if it's as much about discipline because I actually think Democratic voters are pretty um, uh, fickle compared to Republican voters. Um, I, I think it's more just about like party infrastructure. I, I think the Democratic Party has just better rules to like stop something like that from happening. It's like the Republican yeah, Party they fix elections like they did. In oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you 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 can win the Republican nomination for president while getting, I mean, in an absurd situation while getting twenty percent of the vote in the Republican primary, just yeah. because of their. Winner takes all rules. In the Democratic primary, you do not have that chance. It is set up to design like a consensus candidate that the party leadership and liberal activists can all like fall behind. Whereas you just have more plurality rules in the Republican Party. So I, I the, the Democratic infrastructure is just better, and Democrats don't really eat their young in the way Republicans do is I guess yeah. how I would say it. No, absolutely. No, I agree completely. The uh, left does, but the left and Democrats are not synonymous. Right. And yeah, I, I just think Republicans are way, I mean, this kind of shows because they keep do, doing this thing that they knew like didn't do very well in 2016. Like, wow, this is brilliant. We won. Uh, it's like, yeah, but you actually lost like a ton of votes and you like almost lost Arizona. Maybe you should like take note of that. Uh, I just think Republicans are like very, they're very bad at running elections. They're not very like smart about it. They do a lot of dumb stuff and Democrats, yeah, are more disciplined at election running. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because it's like, it's like, I feel like in 2020 everybody's like, uh, to the Democrats are like, uh, why don't you like stop telling people that you want to fund the police and that you hate cops? And Joe Biden's like, I literally never said either. <laughs> right. And then, whereas with the Republicans, like, uh, why don't you stop saying that like this election is fake and also Joe Biden eats babies? And they're like, we never said those things. No, they're, they're like, yeah, because they're true. It's like, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? It's like, you know, I, it, 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 there's this weird thing where 
there's a lot of projection placed on the Democratic Party, and then the Republican Party will do like literally do things, and there won't be as much. Uh, well, it's just hard. It's it's very hard to criticize somebody who admits that they are doing something and they have no. It's hard to shame someone with no shame. I think is basically what it is, right? <laughs> you know but, what I mean? But if enough like, about hey, Ted Cruz. No, it's like, hey, you are duplicitous and you're a bad person, and they're either like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Or they're like, uh, no, I'm not, and you can't prove that I'm not. And then you say, but I can, and they're like, but you still can't. It's like, you know, you, you, there's, there's, there's no rebuttal to it. Right. It's, it's just like a, you know, it, it's in some ways asymmetrical warfare. Um, and I don't know. There's also just this perception that, like, people, like I said, people conflict the left and Democrats, and that's not a... I don't think, you know, that's a misconception. The left is a, a part of the Democratic coalition, but is by no means the largest part. Um, yeah. But we don't have time to get into a whole political spectrum <laughs> debate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there you there you go. We, we've got how Biden can build himself back, what Democrats can do, maybe some positive signs for them, you know, if not this year, maybe in t- two years. Yeah. Uh, we sound pretty bullish on their election chances, uh, at least. Um, so I guess we'll close up the episode. Are you ready for the In Our Lifetime this episode, Mike? I am. It is a question straight out of Tom Cotton's heart. <laughs> In our lifetime, Mike, yeah. will the United States acquire land it does not already possess? <laughs> uh, no. No, we're not going to buy Greenland. <laughs> no, 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 we will not. We're not going to, like... No? Nothing? We're not going to get any more land? The we, American we Empire been, is over? We have been ceding land since, like, 1945. You don't think Canada will sell us, like, a few acres? No. Okay, yeah, I think I agree with you. <laughs> I was just seeing if you had like a hot take. It's like, oh yeah, no, actually Mexico will be ours in like 50 years. But that is, that's fine. There you have it in our lifetimes. No more, no more U.S. land. Uh, So we will end with that. Thank you for listening, everyone. Let us know what you think on Twitter. And you can find us and follow us at The Post Writer or via our email address, contact at thepostwriter.com. Uh, We like to hear from you, so come chat with us or suggest some topics for us to talk about. Uh, Politics Express is a postwriter podcast brought to you by the website, thepostwriter.com. You can check out the stuff we work on, things we've written, our other podcasts, and more over there. And my thanks, of course, to Mike for joining. Of course.